0: In this episode of Life Leadership and the Pursuit of Greatness, Dwayne Mathis and I sit down with six-time state championship volleyball coach Teresa Bear. She's got an incredible background of, of leadership and working in small school, a large school, college setting. Uh, she does a really great job in this episode of, of explaining how she builds toughness and Team Unity at the same time and, and helping athletes find a role that works for them to maximize their talents. And even those who, who aren't necessarily uh, the most talented, she does a great job of getting them to buy in. If you're a young coach, uh, you need to listen to this episode uh, because you're going to be so much better off uh, listening to what Coach Bear has to say. We can't wait to get started. Here we go. All right, welcome to another episode of life leadership and the pursuit of greatness I'm your host Tim Lovell along with Dwayne Mathis we have a special guest with us today um, I guess I should say former head coach uh, Teresa bear she has been a longtime volleyball coach in the state of Iowa impacted thousands of lives state championship coach um, champion teacher uh, wife you name it she's got it done uh, on her resume and and we have a lot to talk about with coach bear today uh, first my host um, Partner in crime, catching them off guard here. Wayne, how are you today? I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, finally getting a break from uh,
1: some of that, uh, some of that wet stuff. The rain. It's uh, sun's shining, so couldn't ask for a better day. I'm glad to be here and talking with Coach Bear.
0: Yeah, awesome. Um, I gotta uh, just put it out there that we're getting a new roof on our house today. So I'm in the basement for all the listeners out there. So if you hear some occasional pounding, I think they're about done. Uh, but just know they're. Uh, slapping each other with, with mops up there, I think. So, um, Coach Bear, our esteemed guest, uh, it's time to hear from you. How are you today?
2: Hey, I'm just fine, thank you.
0: Awesome. Uh, well, you and I had quite a bit of background conversation yesterday, and so I've got a lot of things written down, the uh, areas that we wanna go. Um, but first, you know, you've had a storied career. Uh, and you've been there, done that in, in many different um, places. And so we would love for you to share with our listeners your background and how you ended up at uh, Linmar and, and just kind of where your, your career took.
2: OK, um, yeah, I uh, grew up in Cedar Rapids here and um, kind of ended up full circle coming back to this area. Um, I um, played high school volleyball, um, had the privilege of being a sophomore um, back when they started volleyball in Cedar Rapids. Um, which was awesome. So my high school, I was in 10th grade. We got volleyball started. Um, They searched for a coach and ended up with um, the assistant wrestling coach. Uh, He took over volleyball and volleyball was so, so new back then. Um, Yeah, back in the 70s. And so um, started the program, which really led me to what I ended up doing when I started um, coaching as well. So I went on the University of Northern Iowa wanted to be a teacher, knew that all along and uh, went there and tried out for the volleyball team. They didn't have women's scholarships back then, but tried out, made the team. And then my second year there, then they started some partial scholarships for women. So played for four years at Northern Iowa, um, had a have a background in physical education, um, health. And then I also have a journalism minor. Nobody probably knows about that one. But I. Um, so I wrote for the Northern Iowa and had some great opportunities to interview coaches because I worked in the sports department. So then I went on and got my first teaching job. I taught kindergarten through seventh grade physical education in a very, very small town called Tripola, Iowa. Um, it is north of Waterloo. And um, class sizes while I was there ranged from, I think, the smallest class size or grade was uh, a whopping 26 kids. And, um, they ranged from that to in the mid forties and then, um, taught and coached there for 25 years and then, um, got lured into the college level. And so I went on to, uh, college in Dubuque. I coached there for seven years. And then, uh, while I was there, um, the Linmar athletic department contacted me, um, just kind of wanted to feel out if I wanted to ever get back into high school. I had, had um an amazing opportunity when I was in Tripola um to start their volleyball program in 1983. That was our very first year of volleyball. Small schools were switching from fall softball to volleyball. And so um with that change, I had played, you know, obviously in college, so knew a little bit, but became a head coach at the whopping age of twenty-four. And then um like I said, was there a really long time. And, uh, then I went on to Dolores worked with, uh, collegiate athletes for the seven years. And then Linmar contacted me and I really missed the classroom. So, um, wanted to get back into teaching. Um, wasn't really looking for a job, but when the opportunity arose, um, my mom was already gone at the time, but my dad was down here and he was in his upper eighties at the time. So thought it was a good fit and a good change. So, um, came down here to Linmar and was here seven years and now I am have just retired from coaching and I'm retiring from teaching so kind of a full circle.
0: That's
1: well great. that's a uh, that's a uh, that is coming full circle coach. Uh, I know uh, you know I'm very interested in who some of the mentors who shaped your philosophy. I know uh, I was talking with coach Lovell uh, talking about your program, toughness is a word that you use a lot in your program or have yep. used a lot in your program. So yep. just, uh, you know, obviously um, interested to hear if that's something that was passed on through your mentors or, or how that came to be.
2: Um, definitely. Um, it was definitely passed on. I think um, um, toughness in terms of just becoming mentally tough, being able to handle things. And then, yes, I am tough on them. Uh, every player I've ever had will tell you um, that I was tough as far as, um, you know, obviously the holding them accountable and those kind of things, which we'll probably get into later. But um, as far as mentors, um, I would have to say it started off, first of all, with my high school volleyball coach. Um, his name is John Weld, and um, just a, a great guy, took on a sport he really knew nothing about. Um, Went to clinics, uh, watched other teams that were uh, going in the state. Um, Dubuque kind of was the start, um, along with Fort Dodge, um, as far as getting volleyball off the ground in the state of Iowa. And then it kind of took off from there. And it's really blossoms, you know, obviously to what it is today. Um, but so John was um, took us on. And I, I distinctly remember C. Um, Rapids Kennedy had actually had it a year ahead of us. And so they were kind of a jump ahead. And um, it really wasn't a, a conference um, thing until maybe my second or third year. Um, but schools would uh, get the game started. And I remember we got beat. We got killed by Kennedy that first night. And um, the next day he sat us all down and said, well, he said, as far as I'm concerned, um, you haven't started yet. Your record is is zero and zero. And I am 0-1. And, and I have not taught you enough. And so, um, I need to teach you more. And, um, from there, by the time we were seniors, we made it one game from state and our program was really taking off. So that was a, a positive. And, um, so John was just an amazing human being. Um, I still have contact with him today. Um, he, I know I told Tim this, uh, a great story as far as, um, who he is as a person was, um year before last, I was inducted into my high school hall of fame at, at uh, Cedar up Jefferson. And he, um, winters, he's now, um, his upper seventies and he winters in Arizona and he flew back from Arizona just to be able to present the plaque to me. So I guess when you talk about somebody who cares about student athletes and, um, help to shape definitely who I am, and then um, from then on, um, my collegiate experience was solid. Um, I really enjoyed it. I had some great teammates who I still keep in, in touch with. Some of them. And then when I went on to coach the high school level, I was um, extremely blessed to um, be a teaching partner. Um, my I taught K through seven. My the other coach I worked with um, that taught eight through twelve was his name is Dave Ray. He is a Hall of Fame high school basketball coach. One of the winningest coaches in Iowa. And um, you want to talk about toughness and, and teaching uh, young men to be men, but yet providing them all the love and support that they needed, both in the classroom as well as their home lives and you know, a lot of farm kids up in that area. So um, just a great guy, a great man um, who would do anything for student athletes, but foremost teaching them to be young men. And And it was really fun to watch. Um, I shared with Tim yesterday, I, um, also had the great honor, um, of attending, um, a, a lot of events through, you know, in Trapolo, we had a lot of great, uh, coaches in the area. And, um, I always got to go to a, a teaching workshop for physical education that included, uh, Sumner and Fredericksburg. So I had some great conversations over the years with, um, Steve Staker, um, who we all just lost and, and we knew very well um, from Fredericksburg, listening to him and then their um, basketball coach, Jim Stewart. Um, so when you got Dave Hall of Fame, Jim Hall of Fame, and obviously Steve Hall of Fame, when you got to sit and listen to them year after year and um, watch them coach. And and I was I just really strong at observing, you know, how did they treat their student athletes? How was a practice? What was it like to see him on the field um, or on the court? And just kind of watch and learn. And of course, Dave being in the building, I got to pick his brain all the time. So that was fun. So some really great well, people.
1: That's a I think a really great example there when you talk about Coach Weld. I mean, in the sense of a, a new program, a new uh something new to all you guys, where he took the onus off of himself or off of you guys and put it on himself and said, mm-hmm. Hey, you guys are are O and O, you know, I'm O and one you know let's move on you know kind of flush it mentality and and let's let's get better at that point so uh, thanks for sharing that that's awesome
2: absolutely just a just a really great guy i mean i i couldn't have asked for a better opportunity and someone who also taught me that you know what to learn and be a better coach you go to clinics you learn about the game you study the game you watch other coaches coach it um you know i was constantly learning you know from the likes of like tom keating who you know, was so successful at dubuque Wallard, and obviously is now the head of the boys' union. We've stayed in touch over the years. And, um, you know, just area coaches, I you know, was blessed to um, always take our teams in to over to Applington-Parkersburg. Had some great conversations with Ed Thomas and, and their coach, Daryl Coonan, and um, Diane Harms at Dyke-New Hartford, Barb Baker at Dyke-New Hartford, you know, just those are considered to be good friends. And I guess if there's any advice I could give young coaches is network. You know, you don't have to invent the wheel, you know, learn from other people and you're surrounded with other amazing coaches. And, you know, I learn something every day from the young coaches, the the ones that are new and, and doing it, you know, I get to look through their fresh eyes and, you know, I'm someone who likes to, you know, pick the brain of the, the other coaches I work with, you know, Hey, what do you think? How do you think we should approach this? What, you know, what defense, what offense, how should we, you know, line up our block against that hitter or. You know, I think we can just all learn from each other. So important.
0: Well, that's the beauty of what we're doing right now, and that's why we're so appreciative of you being on here. It's just it's really giving back to the the sport profession that's given us so much. Um, I know that's why I got into coaching. That's my why is to try to help young men have an experience that was similar to mine. You can't guarantee it, but you certainly want to impart the things that you've learned that have helped shape you as a as a as a parent, as an as an educator you know um and there's so many things that that translate and so with that in mind you know you've probably developed some things that are not negotiable in your program and we've already discussed the word tough but what what are some of the other things that you have uh, as absolutes in your program coach
2: um oh boy there's a long list i would say um you know probably a lot to do with like self discipline Um, you know, doing the right thing. Um, We were always working to um, help our young women. Uh, First of all, girl drama doesn't happen. Um, I'm not going to allow it. And, um, you know, obviously that goes a little bit, you know, different in a a girl's world. You get to deal with a little bit more of those kind of things, the emotions that run with coaching females. Um, I have boys, so I got to experience the parenthood of um, boys and now um, young men. But um, from the aspect of girls, I have lots of daughters, and I guess I always treated them as such that I was not going to allow them to act in any way unbecoming to our program or um, as as people. I wanted to be have them be um, caring, compassionate, um, productive young women, strong young women. Um, accountability is such a huge part of I think athletics overall and what we're teaching them as far as our life skills. Um, that was a really big part of what we did, um, how to be a good productive citizen within the community. We did a lot of outreach things, service projects, service things. Um, you know, I I guess the list is probably endless for what I was hoping to teach. Um, I know a real big thing as far as the accountability thing, we never let kids, um, quote unquote cheat in practice. Um, if, we had to get 10 passes to target it was 10 passes to target and we didn't give up until we got there and i think that's a, a kind of a a way to teach goal setting you know a way to teach um how you're trying to accomplish something you know I, one of the things i talk to in my health classes is just what are your goals and what could potentially get in the way of those goals and just a little step at a time throughout practice um, that was a big thing for us is just always holding them to be their truth selves, but yet work together as a team. Um, that's a lifelong skill that, that you don't do anything that hurts a team, you know, and, and we didn't allow any of that kind of stuff. That was definitely not negotiable. Um, when I was in Tripola, we had, um, weekly team meetings. It just worked. We had one net and 40 kids who wanted to be out. And so when you have that, uh, you figure it out. You know, at Lindmar, I'm blessed. I have a lot more um, courts to work with and nets and, you know, teams and all that. But we have the space where you don't have that in a 1A school. So we had one net, 40 kids. What do I do? So we split practice in half. And um, the Monday, um, every Monday, opposite of if you were on the court, you were off in a team meeting. And I would, Set up the team meeting as a specific topic, or it was open ended. Um, some it depended on what we needed, um, what that season needed, what that team needed, um, what my topic was. But I remember we it got pretty heavy sometimes. Um, we had tears some nights. Um, but I know one of the questions I would ask, and we all had to speak, that was a requirement. Everybody, we went around and we sat in a circle in a classroom. I borrowed a teacher's room. And, um, we would sit down and we would, um, the deepest one we ever had was, uh, what is your role on this team and how do you feel about it? And that always provoked some great conversation, um, because some of the kids who were wanting to be on the court more and weren't on the court more struggled with their role, um, struggled with even more so how they felt about the role. Sometimes um, it would come out that there was some parental pressure going on, and that would open up a big conversation. Um, Sometimes there were some students or student-athletes maybe not making smart choices, and that would come out. I can remember um, a state championship team actually uh, having a three-hour team meeting two weeks before the state tournament because of someone on the team they felt wasn't making a good choice. Um, they didn't do anything to break conduct rules, but as far as um, wanting to go to a, a party or two and the other teammates not letting them, but how we had that discussion and there's things like that, that I think were so valuable in creating a team atmosphere. Um, I will say that in a 1A school, it's it's easier to make that culture um, just because I have more contact with them. Not saying that you can't, you know, obviously where I was at, you had to work harder to get to know your student athletes at the D3 and at, um, Linmar because they weren't all my students. And you have to remember in Tripola, I taught K through seven. So I already knew them from kindergarten all the way through seventh grade. So I knew their siblings and their mom and dad and where they lived and probably the dog's name, you know, but, um, so here we just had to work a little harder at getting to know one another, but we got there. We
1: still get there. So I'm I'm intrigued, Coach. You just kind of already segued to where I was going to go in the sense of um, what are advantages and disadvantages. But obviously a disadvantage of being at a school like Linmar or at the D3 level is not having students in a classroom setting where you can build those relationships with them. So you have to be a little bit more diligent at building those relationships with them. But what were some of the challenges that you had? When you were at the smaller level, you know and building that program,
2: um, challenges at the smaller level were the fact that you definitely um, you didn't have the equipment. you didn't have the facility that's going to provide. you know we had a we had a small gym with a stage on one side, and you didn't get your you know I talk about um, being able to allow kids to do everything. Um, we had, so you have to understand this, the fall musical was the Friday and Saturday before the state tournament. And I had the leads in the musical. I mean, they were all out. The I had the stars of the show on my court. And so we would finish a district um, or a regional final. And luckily, because we were um, very successful we got to host a lot of them we earned that opportunity through the way that you know they do it we didn't get to host regional final but we got to host up until regional semifinal. and um, we would literally have the match um, of course we had the theme three straight done by eight <laughs> the match started at seven so that was always a goal um, get it done uh, you push in the bleachers and out rolls the set. And then they would follow up their match with um, a rehearsal for the musical. Um, and so you, you just learn to work with the music teacher. Um, luckily, we were fortunate to have um, teachers that embraced the fact that the girls were very successful. And we, as coaches, embraced the fact that they were extremely talented musically. And so those were huge challenges, though, because you were constantly in communication. You know, um, I required the girls to come in and serve three days a week in the mornings um, just to get a little extra practice because, the you know, you have one court. You have just a little bit of time. And so um, those, those are big challenges. Um, I, we never really had uh, challenges as far as team cohesiveness at times just because they did know each other so well. Um, where in a bigger school, we've had to work harder to get to know one another. Um, they're coming from different junior highs, you know, they, they know each other as opponents, not as teammates. And so you spend those years really, and, and they don't have classes with each other. Um, you know, a few do, but, but not a lot. So, you know, it I, the one, a thing though is, it was amazing. You had the whole town support. I've never had feelings like um, they would caravan when we the year when we won the state tournament. They would caravan us up from about eight miles out of town. The fire trucks, the ambulances, uh, kids rolled down the windows. Uh, people are lining the streets to cheer and applaud, and honk their horns and blare sirens. And sometimes we didn't get back from Cedar Rapids until 10 o'clock at night. And little kids are out in the street holding up signs. And That's special. Talk about goosebumps. Us as coaches would be sitting in the front in tears because we're watching the street and we're watching our girls react to it. Mm-hmm. So it was precious. But, yeah. The,
0: the, those are memories that, um, through your coaching, you allowed other people to experience, right? And, mm-hmm. and the, Oh,
2: Absolutely, Life,
0: life-changing um, moments that they'll never forget and they can pass on. And, you know, you mentioned um, players and maybe, maybe hard to reach all the players talk about um, how you handle a player that maybe is non-responsive uh, to, to the culture that you're trying to build. How, how do you work with that player?
2: Um, one of the, well, several different ways. Um, obviously, you know, private conversations like, "Hey, you know, we are just really trying to work to include them." Um, I might, depending on the kid, the the student athlete, I might pull aside another player um, to kind of work to embrace. You know, I, I I'd say it in a way that, um, you know, like, "Hey, so and so, you know, I'd really like to to see us doing a little bit better with our inclusion and and you know, pulling them in a little bit." Um, I know I've had players where, um, some players would just do it automatically, you know, they would see it. Um, I've also had times where it came out in a a team meeting where, um, we would talk about when we, when I mentioned how we'd have to share our role, um, to talk about what our role is on the team. Um, I know I shared yesterday with you, Tim, about the, the leadership, you know, conversation that we had. At the beginning of the season, um, I would talk about how many different styles I'd ask the kids first and then kind of lead them through a like a classroom discussion about um, leadership and how many different types of leaders there are. I mean, it's not just the vocal, you know, rah, rah, get the team going type of person. Um, it can be the leader by example. Maybe they're an extremely quiet person and they lead by Their hustle to water break and back, or they they lead by example as far as their um, skill on the court, um, or their understanding of the game. You know, maybe they can shout out directions or influence our play by their reminders in a team huddle. Um, Any of that stuff is is good. And I would challenge the kids; they would get overnight to do it. Um, All right, decide what leadership role you want on our team because you all have. An opportunity to be a leader here. And which one, think about it overnight, come back, we're going to talk about this tomorrow. And I want you to define your leadership role. And then a lot of times in Tripola, because the kids knew each other so well, we were able to, all right, and our team will determine if they think that's a good fit for you. And it was always interesting, because I'll tell you what, a lot of the kids would, would hit the nail on the head but then I would allow the other student athletes to chime in and just say, um, you know what? I love how you can lead us by doing this. I love hearing your voice on the sideline. I love hearing that reminder that when I go back um, or when I'm approaching to hit, this is a really good one that a lot of our kids did. Um, if a girl had trouble reaching for the ball, um, in other words, her elbow dropped, has to do with spiking or hitting attempt, you know, if your elbow's dropping, while that girl is in her approach, a lot of times she had a friend who was going to yell reach. And it just was that reminder. And if our student athlete who's on the court can let the one who's off yelling that word reach, that, you know, identifies how important that, you know, reach reminder is. And then when she have a good attack, of course, the girl on the sideline knew that she helped to cause that. She helped to make that happen. So it helped with that inclusion. Um, And I think getting everyone to understand that they have a very significant role on our team, no matter whether they were the star, because I've had the opportunity to coach lots of really great stars, but I've equally been blessed to work with as many kids that weren't stars because of their performance, but they were stars because of what they did on the sideline. And that's a blessing. I mean, when they can figure out how important that they are. Um, to our team, then it made our team that much better. So that was cool.
1: So coach, I think you bring a pretty unique perspective to some of the things that we like to talk about because number one, you, you've been at the collegiate level and you have, you've also been at a very large high school in Iowa and in a, a smaller school in in, in Iowa. So it, as I'm sure you've never dealt with any difficult parents at any of those (laughs) and any of those places or anything like that. Uh, You know, and and you talked about earlier how you have to at a smaller school. One of the challenges were is probably having to work a little bit more with uh, different programs inside of your school that you share your student athletes with and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, have you ever ran into a situation where parents just felt like uh, you were demanding too much of them? for instance, and how did you handle that? I mean, more so I would imagine maybe at a bigger school maybe or, you know, that, or the, that they were just being pulled in too many directions kind of deal.
2: Um, you know, I really honestly haven't had that many issues with that because, um, you know, when we hold our, um, parent meeting, um, I had a, a great opportunity to um, have great conversations with like Tom Keating, and we went over like what to include in a parent meeting and all those kind of things. And um, from early on, we tried to get the parents to buy in as well and have um, open lines of communication. But I tried to define the parent role through our parent meetings, like what we what we wanted them to do to help us and um how they could play a significant role by um you know number one i know they're not going to agree with everything i do you know and i would let them know that right away i mean i'm a i'm a mom of two very um you know active student athletes or were at the time you know i especially when i was coaching Tripola. um but so i was used to it i knew what it was like to be the mom i knew what it was like to have my student athlete challenged um and so uh, I got it. And I wanted them to know that. Like, hey, I get it. You're not going to agree with everything I do and say and and how I handle things. Um, but please know that my decisions are driven by what's best for our team. They're not driven by what's best for your daughter. And and they needed to understand that. Because I would love to play all. I love all those kids. Um, but it just doesn't happen, especially when our... Goals were as lofty as some of the goals that we had. Um, I also tried to get them to buy into hey, here are some great things that you can do to help our team. Number one hey, definitely food driven, right? Um, When you go to an all day tournament and you are not going to rely on concession stand, you know, pizza or a walking taco for your meal, you are going to rely on healthy foods that will provide us some carbs, provide us some, you know, healthy snacks and whatnot. So we got the parents to buy into that. However, it was the student athletes responsibility to make sure that happened. It wasn't the parents responsibility. So I asked the student athletes, we came up with what were good foods? What were things that we thought would um, be good for us? Again, a, you know, uh, again, I'm a health teacher. So you got to try to incorporate nutrition there, right? and so we we got the parents doing some things like that. We also encourage our parents to do anything to promote um, like a team building activity. Um, in Tropolo, we had um, some parents. We went out to their house and it was a year of the Olympics and they created uh, the volleyball Olympics and they we, they put them into teams. Um, and we had them competing for Olympic you know, gold medals, only it was just fun, goofy, ring toss, you know, bean bag throw, frisbee, whatever, you know, out in their yard. And um, so we had parents doing stuff like that. We had parents bringing in, um, making uh, ice cream sundays. They and did this, at Lin- we got this going at Linmar as well. Um, you know, they would bring in and have an ice cream Sunday night after practice. And they, I'd get an email from a parent because we'd all, we'd make these suggestions, but then whether they happened, that was up to them. Um, and then parents say, Hey, uh, these three moms are going to bring in Sundays. What night would work good for you guys? We'll bring all the toppings. This is, and then we would conclude practice that way. Or, um, I took one from coach Weld. You, um, I took the team. I said, everybody line up, uh, get behind me. We're going to go for a jog. And we would jog out and around. We did this at Linmar, ran around the campus. And I led the girls to, um, water tables with watermelon cut up and it was just an after practice thing. You know, just fun stuff like that 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 get them working together, having fun, um, talking, um, getting to know one another. Um, and then a lot of times I throw in team building, you know, questions and and things like that or or decision. A lot of the decisions were made by a lot of the kids um on what could take place and how it would work. And we included some parents in some team building activities. So we'd, you know, have them come to camp and sit down and have lunch with us and we do some question and answer fun goofy stuff so worked out pretty well it It really helped get the parents on board
1: right I see a lot of front loading and some of the expectations in your program when you know you set when you have those first uh, parent meetings and stuff like that so they kind of have a clear definition of kind of their expectations and their roles that they can serve within the program to to make your program stronger
2: Yeah, that was really important. Um, I do, you know, at the parent meeting, uh, did always talk about what um, was an acceptable topic of conversation. Uh, In other words, I'd be happy to talk to you about your daughter, her progress, what she needs to work on, all those kind of things. But I told the parents that whenever another child's, um, another student athlete, one of her teammates' names came up, that the conversation was going to stop that I was not going to discuss another student athlete with them. And then of course they'd kind of look at me and I'd go, you know, I bet you don't want me talking about your daughter to somebody else. And they'd all kind of sit there nodding going, no, I don't. And, and so they understood that, that it wasn't appropriate. And um, so I really didn't have a lot of issues um, on occasion. You'd, you'd get uh, once, especially the, you know, obviously I started coaching long before computers and email and, whatnot. So I, you know, there's, those were phone calls, uh, one or two, maybe in 25 years of coaching. Um, I had one anonymous letter in whatever, however long I've done this 39 years. Um, and it was about to nitpick about one of our, uh, top student athletes and who she was dating. They didn't like who she was dating. So I figured I could just disregard that letter. Um, at the college level, again, you don't really deal with it a lot. Um, and then here at Linmar, very supportive, good people. Um, and sure, they're going to struggle at times with decisions we make, whether we take their daughter out of a position or put their daughter into a, a difficult situation, or if I move up a younger player, that's always, you know, a tough thing to swallow. But I think once you move them up, um, people realize that they belong there, um, you know, it'd be crazy not to move up a, a girl who's going to go on and play Division I uh, volleyball when she was in ninth grade and she already looked like she was ready for college. You know, I mean, I've gotten the chance to coach a couple Gatorade players of the year, and they played young because they were that talented. So,
0: so Coach, one of the uh, the benefits of your career is experience. And you've learned a lot along the way. Um, can you speak to some of the toughest lessons you've learned as a coach? Um, and I know that you, you followed in terms of other leaders how to do things um, and, and maybe how not to do things. But along the way, what are what are the things you're like, holy cow, that was tough. I'm not doing that again. Um, can you speak to that?
2: Yeah, sure. Sure. Um- lots of difficult situations um as far as um how to handle adversity between players you know maybe um, uh, or just adversity in general you know um learning to take that um i guess teachable moment for lack of a better word and putting it in a nice way um maybe to um address things earlier Um, I think that is something I learned um, early on when, you know, with my early years of coaching was just being able to step in on um, something and not let it get, um, you know, mushroom into something a lot bigger than what really was. Um, I think I learned that through all along the way. Um, If players were having conflict, um, the whole girl drama thing, right? Um, I learned very quickly to address those things um at an early stage in the season and not let it get away from us by the end. Um, I can think of one season in particular at Linmar where I guess we didn't even realize there were problems. Um, And trying to always, and that's one thing I do rely on seniors to take the temperature of the team is how I guess I put it with them. Um, Letting us know how people were getting along, how how was the locker room? I'm not going to go in the locker room and hang out or, you know, what is it like in the back of the bus? Um, I know I've had many difficult conversations with some student athletes along the year, you know, throughout the way. And I think for the most part, those have paid off. Um, I think of, um, a situation when I was in Tripola where I think it was more out of a, um, a jealousy, uh, over another player and her abilities and, um, uh, a player who was struggling with her, the other girl being on the court more than she was, and and just to kind of step in on that, um, had some really really tough conversations um, because she was talking about her behind her back and in the bus, and you know those kinds of things that do happen. And um, so we we kind of got wind of it, and i I pulled her in privately, talked to her. Of course, there were tears. Um, but the behavior didn't change. And so, um, called her in again, only this time I had my assistant coach there with me. And nowadays I, this was a long time ago. Nowadays, I would never have a confrontational discussion with a player without another coach there. Um, I've just, I've taught all of my assistant coaches. That's one thing that I will go over in a a staff meeting is like, you don't, you don't go behind a closed door. You don't meet with a student athlete in a difficult situation without someone else there to verify what has been said and, and done. But back in the day, um, it was a little bit different. It, you know, times were different. We didn't have social media, cell phones. I mean, it was just a different world. And um, so, uh, the second conversation was, you know, stop it, close your mouth, or we have your uniform because we're not going to put up with this kind of stuff on our team. And this other player is very talented and you should embrace that she's your teammate and not your opponent. Um, And so I, I, we challenged her to, to partner up with her and partner drills and volleyball. You have a lot of opportunities to do those kinds of things. And um, we challenged her to get on um, in her group when it came to a, a team or a group activity. And sure enough, she started doing that. And by the time this player was done, and that was her, oh boy, I want to say it was her senior season. Um, By the time we were done with that season, she had gone full circle in her um, play, uh, went to the state tournament, didn't miss a serve, um, ended up playing all the way around um, where she had been playing just the front row, um, really stepped up who she was as a person. and embraced the opportunity to work with this other player. And um, it's kind of uh, gives us a chuckle now because she's gone on uh, to college. She has become a teacher and is now a head coach in Northeastern Iowa. And um, she also on her pathway to becoming a teacher and coach served as a, we hired her as a junior high coach. And the things I've seen her develop into as a mom, and as a person, um, I wouldn't ever question hiring her. And knowing the difficulty we had with her, her junior and senior year, you would never guess it to this day. And, you know, to see that happen um, was is just so rewarding as a coach and and phenomenal. And um I know when she saw me there at her wedding, it was instant tears. She was like, you came, you know. It was one of those really cool things. So, yeah, just you know, so many. Oh, I can. There's so many difficult situations I've dealt with. Um, here's one. How about a, a player who's pregnant and delivers? She's a on a all-state, well, number one ranked team, and she delivers her baby July. Oh, when did she have her? Um, end of July, and then we start practice. Two weeks later, and she played. And um, we were ranked number one the entire season. She was a starter. And um, as a coach, and I will tell you go address those things right away. Um, I uh, addressed just the rumors that she was pregnant, um, followed by how are we going to deal with this? Followed by, I set up meetings with. Her school counselor, uh, the principal, and um, I also set up a meeting where I went out and went, went, met with her mother. And um, it was a, a, you know, a, a home was single parent, and so we met. And this is not going to be glamorized that we go out and have a baby so we can have someone to love. Um, this is this is a reality. And Olivia, her little girl, is not going to be. Um, carried around to team building activities and, and, you know, um, but yet there's a beautiful little girl that came out of this. And, um, it's, it was a interesting story when you had the Cedar Rapids paper newspaper come up and ask you if they can do a story. And, um, we already had a plan of attack. We already had a plan of how to handle the media. And I just told the writer that that was off limits and we are not going to be the team that, Uh, has a player that has a baby and, you know, and it was, it was a blessing. We love this little girl and yet um, that's not who we were. We were a team to be known because we were a great volleyball team. And so that was a very interesting time (laughs) to deal with that because I felt like there was, I wasn't getting guidance from anywhere else. So I just, I took care of it. Um, As far as how to handle, we, we set up with her counselor um, uh, times where she could go home and and nurse in the morning, late morning and um, how to handle it at practice and with her mom and all of it. So, and her teammates were very upset that it was going down, you know, when she got pregnant and because she had been a starter on our state title team the year before and was a crucial part of who we were. So, but I've watched her go on and become a mom to other children and happily married and has a great, you know, job. And so, yeah.
0: I think
1: it's it's great that, uh, you know, when you had the reporter that was coming on and wanting to do a story on this, that, uh, you know, in a respectful manner, you said, you know, hey, we're not going to, we're not going to. Direct the attention away from the our our team unit that is working hard to be as good as they are and, and you know and, and try to upset the Apple cart there and put the focus on something other than how hard a team that we we have here and and how hard we work. So, you know, I thought that I mean, that's really, really special in that respect. But um
2: yeah. what, what advice?
1: Sorry, go ahead, coach.
2: The only thing I was gonna say is kudos to the guy who was the reporter because he didn't do it. And he could have um, right. and a longtime friend. I've known him, you know, all the way back in my tripola uh, days going to state and And he didn't write a story about it. and he he was very respectful when he came and asked me. Um, I did, however, because you have so much media down at the state tournament, um and it was a little different setup than how they do it now. Um, you could just a reporter could walk up to any student athlete in the hallway and start talking. So, I had our, the athletic director could come down where the student athletes were. So I had my athletic director, um, especially if she had a really good game, hey, follow her. Don't let a reporter start talking about that. (laughs) So I'm like, all right, Rich, you got it. Go follow her everywhere she goes. So anyway, yeah, go ahead.
1: No, I was just curious, you know, obviously you, you've retired now, but what advice do you have for, for young coaches, you know, try, trying to pass the torch along? And I think you, you've given a couple of examples of, you know, some people that have gone through your program and have, uh, you know, turned out to be coaches now. So, uh, what advice do you have for those young coaches?
2: Um, well, definitely stay in touch with the game, you know, like stay current, it, you know, I mean, obviously the game looked very different in the seventies, eighties, nineties, and you know, than it does today. So stay up to date, you know, go to clinics, um, read, uh, uh, pay attention to the game by studying other teams that are, are good. Um, you know, when I went to Loris, I needed to know about Coe and central and Simpson and the other division three teams. And then what's the upper echelon of the St. Thomas's, you know, um, St. Ben's, you know, all the the schools up in Wisconsin, you know, find out what are they doing that, you know, when I took over Loris, they were at the bottom of the conference. They they did not win, they were not successful. What what did I need to do? Um, as far as what techniques, you know, needed to happen from our players, um, what type of a culture did we need to build? You know, just those kind of things. Um, same thing with Linmar. Um, when I came here, they were struggling and we needed to figure out how to get us you know to the upper deck and so by paying attention to and and you know reach out you know there's so many really good coaches in the area um you know luckily i was blessed having recruited players um having been you know with my tripolis you know teams and success i knew a lot of the coaches already but um uh veteran coaches love to help and and i've had many young coaches you know will contact me and ask questions and um i'll get to know them and and help them out but go reach out you know find somebody that can then help you along the way um the other thing i would say is you know get to know your student athletes you know know what makes them tick know their know your team know what things you need to work on like i said when i talk about like our team meetings and our team building Um, our team building was not just to have a team dinner. You know, a lot of times we had a mission. We had something to accomplish. Um, We had a discussion topic. Um, There are a lot of great books on, um, I use a lot of business books that, you know, management style type things. Um, I relate almost everything to life after high school. You know, a lot of them aren't even going to go play college ball. So What if you're if we're trying to prepare for um, to play Cedar Rapids Jefferson or we're going to play Dubuque Hempstead? We're in preparation mode throughout that week. Well, you better be in preparation mode for that job interview someday. You know what are the things you're going to have to do to prepare for that interview? We literally talk about how to carry that over, how to talk to a professor in college. You know uh, what types of things do you need to say and do to um, promote? Um, yourself in that job interview? Um, and how do you talk to that person? You know, we will do I've done mock interview type situations with them. Um, we'll talk about um, making a difference. That's a big one with me make a difference. I'm constantly using that line with student athletes, as far as um, making a difference in whatever it is you do. And I think to tell a young coach, you know, how are you going to make a difference in that student athlete's life? How are you going to make a difference so you can help them? I don't, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've been a reference. I got a text the other day from a, a girl who's at UNI who played for us at, at, um, at Linmar and, you know, Hey, can I use you as a reference coach? And, you know, what can you do to help them? The, um, you know, letters of recommendation, whether it's, um, going to bat for them, um, Helping them with elementary education majors, you know, I'd have them coming all the time at Loris. and I, I, what bulletin board materials do you need? What can I help you find? Um, who can I help you network with? You need to get out there and do some volunteering in the community. Um, you know, find um, a, a program that's run through the rec department. Go and help, go help at a clinic. You're going to be an educator. You can put that on your resume. You know, build your resume. So as a young coach, what can you do to help those student athletes in life after Linmar, life after Tripola, you know, life after Loris or wherever it is you coach. So that was really important to me. And then just the networking, you know, talking, hanging out with coaches, worked some camps. I worked the central camps for years and and got to know some really great people through that. Um, great connections.
0: Well, Coach, I, you know, listening to you talk, uh, here for the last little bit, and and from our time yesterday, it's clear that you your your mission is to get to the heart of each student athlete and oh, yeah. to each each coach that you deal with, uh, because ultimately, when you know that you have your heart, you have their behavior, mm-hmm. um, and that's a that's a that's a three D coaching model. Um, you know, Coach Mathis and I really subscribe to that, and you know, you haven't mentioned the the word three D, but that's what you're doing. You're you're making it so much more than a transaction. You know, go hit the ball, go spike it. Great job. They get on the bench. Um, you know, it, the life lessons here, you know, I'm hearing from you uh, are, are really coming down to meeting the athlete where they are and and then helping them find that that spot in your program to get them ready for the next next place. So I think sometimes high school coaches get glossed over um, by focusing too much on, on how many kids are going to go play at the next level and you hit it right on the head. of the kids we coach are never going to go play another uh, down of football, another uh, match in the game of volleyball once they're done with us. And so what have we done in the meantime? And uh, boy, you've got, you've got quite the resume. And so I was, I was hoping that you could share with us just a few of your favorite memories um, along the way you've had, obviously a lot, but as you sit back and reflect and maybe you haven't even done it yet, but what are a couple of things that stand out in your mind um, and it doesn't even have to be necessarily match related. I know you and I talked about that one young lady who got on the bus and <laughs> you know and what a trooper she was and embracing her role. And um I I'm just really anxious to hear your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's just amazing. It's like a the whole collage of of um memories that just uh, come into play. Um obviously, you know, winning state titles was amazing, but those aren't the best memories. I, I think honestly, you know, when, when I I tell the kids that when they look back on their seasons, they're, they're going to remember, you know, the bonfire where we're all roasting hot dogs and, and, you know, making s'mores and, um, uh, doing fun team building activities, um, in a classroom or, um, you know, out in the grass when we're outside, you know, messing around, doing, doing whatever it was I asked them to do. Um, those are going to be the memories. It's not going to be how many, you know, what was your kill percentage, um, your senior year or whatever. Um, I think, um, you know, I'll, I'll share the one I shared yesterday, Tim. It was um, phenomenal. I had a student manager. First of all, in Tripola, um, year in and year out, I usually had um, anywhere from five to seven managers. Um, and I only had like 15 players on the team. <laughs> so we created jobs um and it was a phenomenal experience um seeing them realize the importance of their role and understanding that if we don't have the statistics we can't always trace um where our needs are as a you know as a team you know yes i can watch the match and figure it out but i also learn a lot from the statistics and without those kids doing that um the team building that they did the locker decorations the you know, um, they created so many of the memories that those kids had because of what they did. Um, they helped shag balls in practice. My managers are always required to dress out. Um, they don't come in street clothes. They come in their gym clothes and they help out and they toss balls and, you know, they're, they're counting, you know, reps and all that kind of stuff for the kids. And they're actively involved, even if they're not athletic, (laughs) um, they were doing it anyway. Um, but I, I had the one gal who came to me, um, prior to her senior year and we had already won three state titles at that point during or I guess, one runner up and, and two titles. And, um, she asked me if she could get the trophies. Cause she goes, I know you let some of the players take the trophies for senior pictures, but I would really like to take the trophies with me to my senior pictures and have them taken. So her realization that she's a part of that too. So it didn't you know I mean it, it was so cool to watch her be able to realize um what she had accomplished as well as a, as the you know the stud player. So um that um definitely holding the trophy up at center court that never got old um great memory but um just the joy for me now as a coach uh, obviously on Facebook I see the kids and I watch them have kids And and I'm seeing players now have players playing club, playing high school ball. Um, I get lots of shout outs, Um, you know, hey, coach, remember if she only had to do this drill, you know, kind of comments. Um, Those are great. You know, just bring up so many memories of so many unique times Um, at Linmar. I've had some amazing opportunities, the times when it when the light bulb clicks. To, oh my gosh, we weren't doing this right. Now, look at how much better this is. You know, just little things within a drill or an activity in practice or a celebration of something, you know, getting to state or um, the year we won the conference for the first time since 1980, you know, and, and watching them hang the, the number up on the banner in the Linmar gym, you know, it, it was phenomenal. And those kids were so excited you know, just the little milestones that happen along the way, just night in and night out in practice.
1: So coach, you mentioned this uh, a little earlier, some of the things that uh, you've done and read, but uh, are you reading anything right now that you think uh, the people that uh, chime in should, should check out? I know you mentioned that you kind of uh, lean towards more business management type of mm-hmm. books, but uh, you know, anything that uh, you think we should be reading, I think, uh, you know, I'd be intrigued to know. And I know Tim would as well.
2: Um, probably not reading anything currently as far as because I don't have a season coming up. Um, I did a lot with like John Maxwell books. They're just a lot more um like leadership style type things. Um Jeff Jansen has a great book um on team building. I do um he has the um, peak performance um book that has all kinds of activities. There's a really great um learning opportunity kids can do on communication. And volleyball boy if you can't communicate you're not gonna be a very good team and so we do a lot with communication just um uh there's a it's called back to back communication and there's um that's a really good book um I can describe that one if you need me to but it's a, a great link thing um John Wooden be quick don't hurry um I do a lot with that phrase in practice we do a lot of um uh serving drills with that motto in mind um Or be quick to your base position, but don't hurry the technique so that you don't make a good pass. You know, we talk about um, you know, obviously you gotta have like in basketball, you gotta have a good, good, quick first step. But who cares if you don't do a proper technique on your layup? So um, we do a lot, or I have read a lot on that Um, each season, and we started this at Linmar um, each of the last three seasons we have the senior, I have a senior meeting every spring and we determine our t-shirt and our theme. We always have a theme for the season. Um, and so this last season or these last three seasons, um, we had the seniors select a book. The first season I actually did, I chose the book, but then the next two, um, they did. And it was a book that took us through a journey, um, of, um, how to relate what we were doing to life. Okay. So the first book that I did was um 212 degree, the extra degree. Okay. And 212 is boiling point. And so the book takes us through a journey. So we we would all circle up. I call it corner up in volleyball. We use the corner of the court. Um, so we corner up and um we take turns reading from the book. It's got some great analysis of how to, um, your pathway of being a good teammate. Okay. Being a good employee, um, being a, uh, a good family member, um, uh, having, um, faith in yourself and the people around you, um, being able to trust one another. Um, every chapter in there had some great, um, either stories or, um, analogies that we could use in life. And so the kids would read it. And I'll tell you what, we did the 212 degrees, the extra degree. We did a book called Dare to Dream, which is a John Maxwell book. And then we also did um, The Choice is Yours. That was um, two years ago. We always kept talking about it's your your behavior is your choice. How you react to um, a loss is your choice. How you react to um, being very, very successful is your choice. How you react to your role on the team is your choice. You know, so we always had that theme going. And then um, uh, we always use the analogy about um, whenever we would lose, I would talk about the tennis ball and the egg. So for that one, if you don't know it, um, I would hold, you know, imaginary tennis ball, imaginary egg. If I drop them, which one do you want to be? Do you want to be the egg that goes flat? Do you want to be the tennis ball that bounces back? You know, um, so those books took us through that journey. And I will tell you what, out of those three seasons, we did that. Almost invariably, I just kept us going through the book. I didn't pick and choose the pages. And it was always that wow moment that at the exact time we needed that message. We got that message. Um, We'd be at a chapter and I would just be like, how eerie, even the girls would be like, how eerie is that, that what we didn't do in our match Tuesday night just came out and what we read on Wednesday night. You know, Mm. it was, it was amazing. It was kind of eerie sometimes, but the kids were all in. I mean, you could hear a pin drop during that time. They wanted to read. I would pass it to whoever wanted to speak up and read um your devotional for I guess a lack of a better word, but um they were really committed to it. And it really turned out to be a, a neat thing. And I'm always trying new team building activities. I rarely took things just the same year after year. I mean, they always looked forward to coming to my house and having the bonfire outside and roasting the marshmallows and having the pasta party and reading over the team handbook together. And yes, those traditionally stayed with us. But I like incorporating new things too, trying new things. So, yeah, I saved toilet paper rolls one whole year to have a toilet paper roll, you know, tower building contest. And, you know, we do crazy things. They love that. That was the kids who were really good in science and engineering and stuff. Boy, they won hands down.
0: Good luck doing that now. Right.
2: Exactly. I know. I thought of that. I was like, good. I thought of that. Actually, I was like, good thing I'm not trying to save toilet paper rolls. Oh, uh,
0: so. well, coach, uh, you, obviously, um, we've learned a lot today and I, before we let you go, we, we want to know kind of where you see the game going. Um, you, you were there pretty close to the beginning. You've seen it change. Um, you alluded to that. Can you, can you speak to the game where it's going The influence? It still has, um, you know, the power of the game.
2: Yeah. Um, I think you said it right there, the power of the game. Um, the at the student athletes you know obviously height strength um how much more committed to the weight room they need to be um how much quicker they need to be um and how much more of a study of the game they need to be um you know the game itself is so much more complex um than what it used to be and so i think that um Having student athletes on the court that really analyze the game um, and can anticipate because the game is so much um quicker and the athletes are so much stronger, you have to anticipate so much better and be able to read. Um, reading is a really difficult skill to teach unless you play a lot. Um, so these kids are having to get out there, you know, at a younger age, but yet, boy, I want them to be kids, you know. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said for just, you know, getting out in the backyard and, and learning to compete. I think um, your best uh, female athletes are those that are willing to get out and compete maybe uh, with the boys. I know I was a tomboy playing in the, you know, driveways, playing basketball with the guys in the neighborhood. Um, but it's just evolving so fast. And, um, yeah, being that much stronger and, and faster. So it's crazy. It's crazy how much this game has changed. So, And the rules are always evolving. You know, you've added the libero. You've added, you know, rally scoring versus side out scoring. You know, I, I've watched all of that. I've been a part of all of that. And so um, that's kind of been fun too. So I know they're actually throwing around. It's not at the high school level. It's not even at college yet. Throwing around two liberos, um, having two jerseys where you don't have to count them as subs. Um, they've toyed with the sub rules um you know 12 subs 15 subs 18 subs i've been through it all so they've mixed that up a lot over the years so yeah it's pretty cool but you got to stay in touch and if you're a young coach you better get on board and and stay with what's going on
0: well as we as we uh, finish up here coach is there anything that you feel we haven't touched on that that you would love I know, I know we could go a million different ways, but is there something that you would love to leave our listeners with? I think you kind of said it, but um, you know, is, is there something that you would want people to just say, Hey, this is,
2: this is who coach Paris. Um, yeah. Just, um, I don't know, just try to remember all the, you know, all the life lessons. You know, I, I think that's probably the biggest aspect of what I've tried to teach is, you know, how, Everything we do had a reason, and and had a had a goal in mind in teaching them to be um, the best version of themselves, you know, and to continue to involve. Don't don't stop at the age of you know eighteen or thirty or fifty or whatever. Don't stop learning and don't stop growing as a person, because there's so many really neat opportunities out there. So I'm looking forward to that next chapter. I haven't gotten there yet and haven't figured that out, but. Um, hopefully, will for a while I'll be a grandma. I enjoy that. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. Well, Coach Bear, thank you so much for your time today, um, and your thoughts and your insights. And um, I know I'm 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 certainly better today with the time that we've spent the last two days. I've got two pages of notes, and yeah. obviously going to go half to back and and listen to a lot of things that you spoke on. But uh, you left quite a legacy, and, and Coach Mathis and I are honored that you were able to spend time with us. Um, thank you for the time at Linmar, uh, and, and getting to know you and getting to do this, uh, this podcast is, is, a, is a real privilege and a, and a joy and honor. So, uh, best to you and your new endeavors. And I, I know that you will be successful. Uh, that's it for us today as we wrap it up. Thank you to coach Mathis and coach Bear. Uh, as always, let's keep chasing life leadership and greatness in all that we do. Thanks again for checking out our podcast today and sticking around to the end. Dwayne Mathis and I are so grateful that you decided to stop by. Just a reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on any platform that you use to listen in, Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it, we're on it. If you have any questions, please be sure to send us an email at lifeleadpg@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, our listeners, about topics you want to hear regarding leadership. Also check out our YouTube channel. We post videos every Sunday and recap the podcast that we had the previous week. Great opportunity to get a quick hit of what we're talking about. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss an opportunity to get better as a leader. And as always, let's keep chasing life, leadership, and pursuit of greatness in everything that we do. Have a great night.